breaking news. Few political races have been as heated as that of the battle for mayor in this here city of splendid West Virginia. Though I will say the fact that the next leader of Splendid will most likely be either fifth grader Janet Jones or a talking former business-owning pig named Porkchop has brought a bit of levity to a very serious and sometimes quite distressing election 2020. Stay tuned as we get ready to call the race Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University, a town known for its bizarre combination of kid superheroes, time-traveling teens, kid astronauts, and more. We even have a race car-driving cat, a detective dog, and a rock band made up entirely of bats. So the makeup of Splendid's mayoral race should surprise no one. Sit back, relax, listen, enjoy, and think about who you would vote for, young ones. Vote for Porkchop! Longtime listeners of the show will recognize Porkchop as the cute little pig that escaped the meat jackpot restaurant in favor of greener pastures, only to be captured and have to escape from the White House kitchen before becoming a part of the president's annual Thanksgiving celebration. He then returned to Splendid to open the meatless jackpot restaurant with his best friend Turk, a turkey, and a host of other animal helpers. Porkchop has long since retired from the restaurant business, and in his advancing age, Porkchop has taken an interest in politics. He's running for mayor on a strict vegetarian platform, environmental awareness, and a promise to clean up the city's parks and paths. He has earned the endorsement of a group called Animals of Splendid Unite, a political action committee headed up by Turk, Barnum the Detective Dog, and a turtle named Sam. The group represents and lobbies for animal rights, those of all animals, from tiny beetles to enormous behemoths. What, you don't have behemoths in your city? Well, be thankful. Perhaps you think Porkchop should be the next mayor of Splendid, but don't cast that vote just yet. You need to hear the tale of his opponent, Janet Jones. Vote for Janet Jones! Janet Jones is one feisty fifth grader always active in improving the lives of kids around her. After successful stints as third-grade class president and fourth-grade class president at Splendid Elementary, Janet Jones decided to throw her hat in the ring and aim big with an attempt to become the youngest human mayor in Splendid history. Porkchop at age seven is younger than Janet, but, you know, a pig, and pigs only live to be about... 12 to 15 years old on average, so much older in human years. Janet Jones is big on education and wants to increase school spending and teacher pay. She is a strong advocate for treating everyone equally as well. 
Janet Jones has earned the endorsement of a group that calls itself Kids Are Better Than Adults. Hey, I take offense to that. Although, you know, they might have a point. She also got the nod from the editorial staff at the Splendid Beacon, our area newspaper, and that carries a lot of weight around here. I wish I could say there were only two candidates in the race, but... Who is Brad Worst? Janet Jones and Porkchop are the two top candidates in the race for mayor, and I like them both. Splendid will be in good hands either way. There is a third, kind of, for every tale must have its antagonist. A man named Brad Worst has launched a last-minute write-in campaign in hopes of wrestling the election away from either Porkchop or Janet Jones. A bit of backstory here, and I'll try to be quick. Brad Worst is a disgraced former elected official, half-man, half-hot-dog, a strange, unfortunate creature indeed, the product of an explosion in his West End hot dog factory years ago. As a result, Brad is not a very agreeable person. That's putting it mildly, actually. To put it realistically, Brad is a bully who lashes out against any and all around. He's not thought of highly, and his half-hearted, last-minute mayoral campaign is not expected to be a successful one. Yet I wrote a poem about it, a cautionary tale. Here it is. There once was a man who sold hot dogs and hate, and yet somehow became a head of state. He lashed out with a frown, disdain for all, which thankfully led to political fall. What is born in darkness gets exposed in the light, when good people join in and stand up for what's right. Stay positive. Remember truth from above. You can't go wrong if you act out with love. Breaking news, listeners. For days this race has been too close to call, but now it appears that the splendid election board is ready to announce a winner. We can indeed call this race, young ones. Congratulations to Porkchop, the new mayor of splendid West Virginia. Turns out there are loads more animals than humans in Splendid. And they vote. And they really unified around that likable piggy. Janet Jones conceded graciously, as can be expected. Brad Worst, the distant third, is contesting the results. Though few care, Brad is always complaining about something. Porkchop has reached out to Janet Jones with an offer to include her in his administration, and Janet has replied that she is looking forward to collaborating with the new mayor. A kind, respectful gesture that you could only get from two people, well, one person, one pig, in this case, with the best interests of the city at heart. What about Red, the blob? Back in the summer, episode 83, I told you about Red, that plucky, progressive blob intent on tearing down the walls Mayor Scarlet had built around Bottomsville. I get a lot of questions about Red. Young ones, you'll be happy to know he has defeated Scarlet. Red is the new mayor, by far the youngest ever, of Bottomsville. Big changes are on the way to that town, to be sure. 
You know, this is not only the third annual Election Day special, it's also the 100th episode of the Professor Theo's Mystery Lab podcast. I wrote a poem both to celebrate that milestone and to thank you, listeners, for your continued support and encouragement. I actually wrote this a few months ago when we published our 100th story for kids in the Joy Family Read Me a Bedtime Story newspaper column. For that, I imagined a host of people who read that paper, and maybe our column as a result, and the poem is intended to catch snapshots of their lives. I've made some minor changes for the podcast, a vehicle that has, thanks to you, expanded our audience tremendously. Thank you, young ones, listeners. I hope you enjoy. One hundred! One hundred dollars filled Joe's pocket, a crisp bill for a hard day's work, Ben Franklin's face staring back at him. It was enough for a hot meal for his family and a past due water bill. Joe breathed a sigh of relief. Today, at least, all would be okay. He kicked back with a podcast and smiled. One hundred was the grade on Amy's Literature Fair project, which went to the county finals. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. She squealed with glee, rejoicing in how her hard work paid off. Her picture even made the paper. It is posted on Amy's refrigerator door, a symbol of her success, a daily reminder. She will look at it often and smile. One hundred was the total number of yards Liz ran, all her competition in the distance behind her. She won the race and made the very front of the sports page, her hands held high up in the air as the crowd cheered her triumph. One hundred was the number of years Mrs. Sanderson had lived, and you see a whole lot of the world in that time. She rocked on the porch and thought of it all. An antique radio and a stack of newspapers going back years by her side. Reflecting and smiling in equal parts, all while making plans to plant a tree for future generations. One hundred Pez dispensers filled young Rob's collection. Bright colors, plastic iconic characters and tasty candy treats, now proudly on display in his room. He had to mow a lot of yards to be able to buy those toys he'd cherish well into adulthood. With an ad he took out in the newspaper, he planned to find lots more, both yards and pez. One hundred plus stories now make up the Read Me a Bedtime Story column and one hundred episodes this Professor Theo podcast Thanks to all at the Ashland Beacon newspaper and to everyone out there right now with an ear to your device listening to the many wondrous tales that Professor Theo has to tell. Here's to the next 100. When we started this podcast two years and almost two months ago, one of our big picture goals was to record 100 episodes. And here we are. My son has changed the benchmark, incidentally, remarking a few months ago that he now wants to record 1,000 episodes, so we may be at this for quite some time. 1,000 or no, I know we have a lot more tales to tell, for I know many wondrous stories 
of the strange young ones and animals that make up this unusual town. I hope you'll be here along for the ride with us. Another big goal was to hit 100,000 downloads, a bucket list item that seemed unreal in 2018, and yet here we are. And as of just a few days ago, our little indie podcast has officially been heard 100,000 times. Here's to the next 100,000. That's all for this week, listeners. Have a great and grateful November. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Until then, have a wild and wonderful week. And be good to each other. Hello, this is Rissy Joy again. You've been listening to Professor Theo's Mystery Lab, which is written and read by my adorable husband, Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. Thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes. Please continue to spread the word. Also, consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening.